Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. Oh man, and today we talked about all sorts of stuff, babe. We were going to talk about uh, the passage in Genesis 11 with making a name for yourselves, the people in the Tower of Babel. Then we delved into how in the church there's a tendency to make a name for yourself. And then we went into all sorts of other stuff, just things we're doing as a family. This one's kind of like the ADD episode, a bit, so yeah. it's a little bit longer. Um, it's kind of like... Actually, this is one that's probably closer to actual, you know, like actual, An actual conversation, conversation at the table. It's kind of like Michael Scott, where he says, <laughs> sometimes, what does he say? Sometimes I open my mouth and I don't even know what's going to come out. Right. I hope I find it along the way. Yep. It's like an improv conversation and improvisation. That's right. So a lot to get through. Um, hope you enjoy. Today we're going to talk about making a name for yourself. And really the premise of this, I'm assuming, is from the Bible verse. And they said, come, let's build, a, build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered throughout the earth. Tower of Babel, Genesis 11. Mm-hmm. And this is a phrase you mentioned to me in your studies that you um, have been coming across. And, you know, you're seeing this a lot today. Specifically, let's talk about how we see this in the church. (laughs) Spicy. (laughs) I think so in my study over the past year, I would say, I have... I feel like it's just been reiterated over and over again for me that I think um, there are two things that will inevitably be like man's downfall. Okay. The first is um, seeking to define what is right or wrong for ourselves to our own benefit, which I think almost always comes to the detriment of something or someone else. So... Defining morality. Correct. Um, And then also seeking to make a name for ourselves. And so I think... What does that really mean, though? Well, I think we we can talk about it and unpack it. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, so I think a theme that God has been, I feel like, just revealing to me in this season of my life... Um, is really kind of, I I guess what I keep hearing over and over again from people in the global church, throwing around a phrase like, oh, it's God's work, God's work, kingdom work, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about God's work. Um, Kingdom hustle. Right, right, right. And man, I've noticed that I keep saying that. So I'm going to stop saying that. I keep saying right, right, right. Three times. Exactly. Yeah. That's my thing. That's my filler. Yeah, I think is. everyone has a filler, and that's mine. Mine is uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, I think yeah. So you know, we talk about ministry as being God's work, and yet I think a lot of times we try to make it, we try to make a name for ourselves, quote unquote. Uh-huh. And the way that I've just I'm starting to observe that kind of taking place in the church is before you go there why do you think because we're gonna get there 
why do you think there's a draw to make a name for yourself? Is, uh, like just to play a little devil's advocate, do you, is that necessarily a bad thing? I think our society epitomizes fame uh-huh. as the, like that's the thing. If you achieve that, then, um, then you've made it, you know, your life has meaning and purpose and you have value and significance. And so, I mean, think about the rise of like influencing culture and, you know, we've moved from, I think we were highly peer reviewed maybe a decade ago. And I think we're moving from that to like this influencer type culture where now the loudest, most aesthetically pleasing, charismatic, charismatic. Yep. The most charismatic person in the room is the one that's trusted. Not the most skilled or excellent. Or competent. Or competent, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I think that's a, a huge part of it is that I think there is something in the heart of man that wants fame because I, I, I'll just speak for myself. I think that there's a pull towards significance and value of having people follow you, yeah. look to you, model after you. And I think what's kind of tragic about that in one sense is that um we were created to model after something mm-hmm. to bear the image of something mm-hmm. and yet that's like a subtle i know i'm speaking like there are I've, i'm gonna be careful about this because there are some people who are my Get friends right who might like consider themselves influencers or whatever and so i'm not trying to right these are my spitball thoughts we, we have right? uh this is like the honest conversation we're literally. We also having have at our like table. several hundred influencer friends because we're really popular and important. So, <laughs> like we're the influencers. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not me. Maybe you. Yeah, but <laughs> it's hard. So many notifications. Oh my all gosh! The time. Yeah. Um. When we are seeking to put ourselves in the position where we are the ones being followed, we are the ones being modeled after, I think that's what I mean. I think that's what it means to try to make a name for yourself. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're now you're not bearing the image of someone else, which. Yeah. So right. made in God's image, exactly. bearing God's image, right. modeling after God's right. character. Now I'm trying to grab an aspect of God's character that doesn't belong to me. Yeah. I'm trying to be the source, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, like, am I saying, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to say like, you know, I, I, I these are just my like firsthand thoughts of like, what is it? How does this actually jive? Yeah, Don't throw disclaimers, babe. Just throw it out there. It's fine. No, I think I think there's there's something to be said that there's a draw towards being recognized or maybe there's just also like a fear of being irrelevant or insignificant. Yeah, I think there right? is. So yeah. there's that or just that like you have this sense of like I'm faking this. I'm an imposter. Well, yeah, I think then I mean this is kind of diverting the conversation a little bit, but I will say like there is a trend. I mean, I'm I'm reading it in, you know, Harvard Business Review content where you know leadership no i'm just saying like leadership content that's being put out there is talking about this this thing of like performance mentality Mm -hmm. where because you know you're always on screen or projecting something of your life yeah 
you do feel like an imposter in yeah. some instances because you're not, that's not you how really you would are. normally act in that situation if there wasn't a camera on you right. filming it, right. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. It's coming, it's coming out. There's content that's being specifically put out now for the impact that the influencing kind of yeah. you know, environment is, you know, the implications of that. Yeah, so there's, I feel like there's so many different directions we can go with that. Like, you know, just image bearing, what does that mean? Right. Um, like the insignificance or imposter syndrome issue that you could run into. Um, but I think to just specifically talk about like just making a name for yourself and that mm-hmm. like that was the downfall of those who were trying to build the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Mm-hmm. And that even like that's that's still been the struggle of humanity from the beginning of time right yeah yeah. from that moment or even before then and even since then um there's a draw to build and make a name for yourself right so that's like what you've been learning Mm -hmm. and what you've been just like unpacking and you you know the things that we are talking about you're now seeing through the lens of like is this somebody who is trying to make a name for themselves right rather than um you know, making much of the Lord or right. making much of God who's given those things to yeah. them, right? And, and so um, how does that translate over now, like kind of more gearing it towards the conversation now of like in the church? Right. Um, and now the church is at a really strange place, right? 2020, COVID hits, everything shuts down. Churches are trying to find their existence mm-hmm. or keep retain their like relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, because in a lot of places, it wasn't allowed, like you weren't allowed to meet. Right. In other pa- areas of the globe, it was illegal to meet, right? Like mm-hmm. there's r- like the rules around you can't meet or else you're literally breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And so there's that development that's been going on. I think we're still feeling the ripple effects of that where churches are literally trying to survive. Right. Right. Like move online, be on a platform, church online. That's just where we're at. And then now where things are kind of quote unquote normal again, for Mm -hmm. the most part, we're seeing this, you know, in the church as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this is like a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because this has been going on since Babel times, Mm -hmm. since Genesis 11 times. But, you know, we, you can just keep, it's, it's not, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's not, isolated to the church but because we're around it we just see it and so what do we see right right like what is it you're seeing yeah i think there's there's a lot and i'm gonna try to like (laughs) say this succinctly i might be all over the place so just raid me in all right we've been all over the place up to this point um yeah i think the past couple of years especially have led Christians around the world to question what is church and like what are the facets kind of like the question you always ask how many facets can be pulled away and it still be church you know what I mean yeah and so um but I really think that this is a thing that like right. people are wrestling and struggling with right. of like what is the purpose and the meaning right um and the value of this and I 
I mean, obviously you and I know where we stand and I don't necessarily want to have that conversation right now, but I think some of that is in looking at the tenants that postmodern American church currently has in its service Mm -hmm. and evaluating like, why do we do this? Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, it's, and it's not even like a, it's a, it's an observational question. It's not even like a critiquing question where it's like, why, why do we sing one song and then we sit down and then somebody comes up and announces and then we sing three more songs and then we sit down after that. Somebody like speaks for 25, 35, 45 minutes and then we sing one more song and then we all leave. Like why, why is that? And, and what through decades, years, centuries of church history has led up to this point where that's the, the liturgical process mm-hmm. of a Sunday service. Right. And that's not even like, that's wrong. Right. I'm not saying that that's, you know, I'm not saying that that's probably what's appropriate for most church settings. I'm, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. It's just like COVID has stripped that layer away where we're not standing and sitting right between those th- mm-hmm, different steps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you say, like we're reduced, like it's like kind of like a, this reductionist questioning, like how many aspects of the dog can you remove and it still be a dog? You take away the dogs, one of the dogs, th- four legs, he still is a dog. Mm-hmm. You take away one of his two ears, he's still a dog. Like how many more can you, <laughs> right, how many more things right, can you remove? And right. so like we went through this exercise as a church. So naturally we're like, what is it? Right. And so like, that's, that's an aspect of this process that, you know, you're just unpacking, being reflective, being observational, you're overlaying it with this layer of now we have since for all of human history had a draw to not only like justify our existence, but like try to shoot for the stars Mm -hmm. and be known and recognized and, and praised and like, you know, just people seeing us and being like, look at me, look at what I've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Or accomplishing some the big thing for God. And I'm not saying that that's dead wrong. Oh, so, I'm just wondering. Yeah. I, I'm wrestling through what is that really the purpose that God has for me? Or is even that limiting me? to pursue something that is trying to make a name for myself. Right. So is that a false sense of humility where you're just slapping the God stamp on it? So it's justified. Right. Right. Well, it's like God's well, got this is something for God. big for me. Yeah. And that, I would be like, a part of something big. Right. Because big. God, you know, it's God's work. So it does two things, right? It justifies this like grandiose mindset. That's on the one side. And then two, it also belittles the everyday things. Yeah. The, like, you know, the example that comes to mind is like a husband who's been faithful to his wife over the last 40 years. It's miraculous. Yeah. But it's it's not like that dude's got 2 million followers on social media. Yeah. Right? And so it's not re- highly regarded. But... So so it, so this mindset moves you towards having to accomplish something amazing in order for you to feel validated versus just how equally important it is to execute well and be faithful in the little things. Right. Yeah, that's been a huge thing that I've 
had to wrestle with and work through in this season of my life because I went from a career position where I had influence over significant leaders, like right. leader, leaders who had prominent positions in our community. Let me say that. Yeah. Um, and now I am a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. How do I reconcile my purpose and my value? If what we're striving after is some big thing we've got to accomplish for God. Right. Yeah. If I'm operating from that mindset, yeah, I have missed my purpose or my purpose is on pause for now in this season of motherhood or, right. um, you know, this is whatever you're going to use to fill in still implies I'm not currently living in the purpose mm-hmm. that this is not currently the thing, the big thing that God has for me, mm-hmm. you know, or just as important as the season I was in before where I was influencing right. in maybe greater capacities, yeah, but at much less levels of like depth you know um I, so i've been thinking about in first thessalonians um five when it talks about you know rejoice always pray without ceasing give things in all circumstance for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you and how i don't know growing up i kind of always thought that um god's will was something i had to find again it's this like big thing Right. I got to find the big thing that God has for me. I'm going to like make my mark on the world. I'm going to do big things mm-hmm. for God, whatever, you know, and I don't mean to be so flippant about it, but whatever, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> what I feel like the Lord has been teaching me in this season yeah. is that in order to give thanks in all circumstances, I have to recognize that there was something gifted to me. If mm-hmm. I'm going to give thanks for something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that I feel like God has really kind of like unveiled this deeper truth of these verses to show me that it's not just, this isn't just a bumper sticker, hey, give thanks in all circumstances, even when your life really sucks. Yeah. This is a recognition that my life is not self-generating. Yeah. I am not the source. Yeah. I cannot dictate my own, I don't get to like choose my own destiny, yep. right? In the sense that this, everything I have in this life is a gift from a generous father. When I operate from that place, then that, like according to this verse says, like that is God's will for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, to just tie it right back, I think there is, we've seen this, in se- in the several levels of involvement we've had through the past several years of our involvement, that there is like a false sense of self accomplishment in particularly church plants mm-hmm. that I've gotten to where I am because of how I've been able to pull this thing off. Yeah, and that you lose this sense of no, this is a, this was given to you as a gift, right? Right, yeah. like, or, or like the position that you're in. The, the place that this thing has become right. is because of not only your work. You know, I love what, you're, what you said before that God's work doesn't start when you start. It doesn't it stop when you stop. It doesn't stop when you stop. Like it's been ongoing. You're invited yeah. into it. And yep. so like losing the sight of that gives you that pull that like this we is have to bring more people. We ha- yeah, it's dependent on me. We have to bring more people in in order for this to continue working under the vision that I specifically have right. and how to execute it. And you start drifting into, 
you are building yourself a city and yes. a tower with its yes. top in the sky, making a name for yourself. Yes. And it's you don't start out doing that, right? Right. But without that inherent man, this is tying in perfectly. Without that inherent acknowledgement that what you've been given, be it you being a pastor, whatever your role is, that you, if you lose sight of that, that it's actually a gift. Yeah. You start thinking, I got here because of my own accomplishments and gifts and skills. Exactly. And that's not to say that those aren't factors in right. it, right? Yeah. Because you, there are things that need to happen in order for things to happen. I like, obviously like children need to be fed, you know, continuing education needs to happen in order for me to retain certifications, things like, like all of that. Yes, 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 yes. But at the foundation of it all, if it doesn't come from a place of, I don't deserve this. I've been given this. Right. I deserve something else, but instead I've been given this. Yeah. Um, that at the end of the day, this is all from a gift. Mm-hmm. It become there is that drift over the years, over the iterations, where you're like, huh, maybe this is something that I've been able to pull off. Like maybe it is my own self sufficiency. And I don't even know if that's a conscious thought, right? Exactly. But the way that I am observing it is that we create a lot of programming around Sunday service or Wednesday night or whatever other night you have your, you know, group night. Yeah. Um, oh, babe. <laughs> you know, you set programming in place yep. with an agenda that now I need specific gifts that align with this agenda, mm-hmm. right? And so we create programming and try to fabricate giftings around it. Rather than? Rather than identifying what gifts God has brought to our body. Because remember, it's his work. And like he brought specific people people to that place for a specific purpose. (laughs) And then figuring out how God wants to use those people and their specific gift sets to then establish the pathways for ministry that are reflective that become reflective of the identity identity of our church right so what i am observing is just this tendency to create programming and now we're trying to fabricate giftings around the programming so we invite people into it but maybe that's Mm -hmm. not even in alignment with their gifting set so that's a recipe for burnout because Mm -hmm. people aren't operating in their natural giftings Mm -hmm. Um, and probably sometimes wondering like, what am I doing? Because I feel mm. like in some instances, I'm just a minion carrying out your vision, your plan, your, everything's already established. And I'm just like, you're just telling me what to do. Right? right. And so that leads to burnout. People walk away from that. They're labeled as non-committal. Mm-hmm. And then we shame them into saying, well, we need more people to stand up and commit. To mm-hmm. these things that we've set in place because they're so great because mm-hmm. we're trying to make a name. And, it, you know, it's not that blatant or obvious, but that's what I'm starting to just yeah. kind of see happen and hear from different stages, you know. Well, and it's, it's just it's a uh, that's just the natural progression of some of the stages that you go through when you forget that it is it isn't your own work. Right. Right. And that like. Oh, you got to where you're at because of the decisions and the programs you made. 
Mm-hmm. So it must be the, the success of the programs you have. Right. Well, if the program's not working, maybe we should try another pro. Oh, this church over here is doing this program. Let's try that. And that goes back to another thing that's just been like, I feel like God has just been like eating, like just is burning inside of me of just, man, we have lost a sense of abiding. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, how many people, let's just speak for myself, how many times have I been invited into the work of God through, you know, some ministry opportunity that I took? Mm-hmm. And I did not ask God, like, what he had for me in that role. I was not, like, pleading with him for, like, you know, in these people that you've brought to this team that I'm a part of, like, how would you have us work together? What other gifting, giftings, God, would you reveal? Like, what, like, I'm not like seeking those things. Yeah. I'm looking at, hey, what is this church? What's this church? What's this? What's going on over here? What's going on over here? Let's just like import that over here. And then that's going to be successful as it was, you know, or peers over there. Right. And so there's this like loss of just like abiding mm-hmm. and praying mm-hmm. and, like this, the spiritual disciplines that would give me the the power and the tools to do the work that God has invited me to do, you right. know? So if instead there was like this built-in intentional time to just ask, you know, to just pray, to fast, to sit before the Lord and just ask for direction, that none, like, that seems to be less and less of a theme in this progression of you creating a name for yourself. Right. They're like, no, I just have to dig deeper. I just have to research more. I just have to look for, you know, the golden ticket that'll keep this thing going. And it's like, no, bro, what's started this, what's kept this thing going, what will sustain this into the future is not just by the work of your own hands. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to feel like the answer has to come from you at all times. Right. And this is uniquely specific to church ministry. (laughs) Yeah. We've been involved with it. We've seen it. We've been on all different levels, all different facets. Yeah. And um, it's just something that like, I don't know if COVID's exacerbated that. Yeah. Where now we feel like all the more there's this like need to validate (laughs) or it's just like, yeah, you know, why, like, why? Right. Yeah. I think it's hard for people in ministry, specifically in pastoral roles to, um, measure the, I don't, I don't know if success is the right word, but how do you measure whether or not you're doing it True. right? I think we are people who need measurement to mm-hmm. kind of show us where to go. You know, we, I think we go crazy as a society without some sort of measurement that shows us like what are our results producing? And that's a very industrial way of thinking. Right. And I think when we try to operate that way in the church, then we start to, that's when we get crazy creating these, this programming and fostering all this urgency of like, we got to go zero to hero and get this thing from start to finish and successfully, you know, everybody in our church attending, (laughs) In three months. And it's like, that's not sustainable. (laughs) Like, that's not realistic. People have lives and rhythms and are going to go through situations where there's this push and this pull of like being involved in community and needing to like 
pull away at sometimes there's no space for that anymore. You know, it's like everybody's got to be 100% all the time. We're all in. We're pushing these things forward. And it's like, but like, (laughs) is it your work or is it God's work? Mm -hmm. Is this like for your name, for our church's name? So we can say like, look at this thing we did and other churches look at it and be like, whoa, look at what they're doing. Let's like figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe to kind of like... (laughs) Not leave it on such like a... A negative note. Right. <laughs> this is what ministry shouldn't look like. <laughs> yeah, it's not... It's it's really... This is what ministry can turn into yes. without this acute awareness of the fact that this isn't yours. Right, yeah. And that... It, and it's not like, oh, you know, now we have to be like this self, false sense of humility. And no, it's just like, I just need to know that I am part of a bigger story. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that like God's given me a vision to to do his work in this specific context at this specific time. But yet at the end of the day, it's gonna continue on long after I'm I've removed the title from my name or whatever. Yeah. And that like without that conscious awareness that we are work we are participating in something greater it can drift into that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, so what do we do as a family? Well, that, that conscious awareness needs to be built in our, our family rhythms. You know, what we do daily, what we do weekly, um, what we do on every season. And we're just working through like, what can we do sustainably that Mm -hmm. works for us? And like one of the biggest things for me too, is that, what's something that we can do to align our awareness that we're part of something bigger that doesn't come at the expense of our children. Right. Right. Um, and that we don't neglect kind of our primary responsibilities yeah. for this, for this other greater man-made picture of executing something that works, that, that's supposed to be for this local context. Right. And you can do that for a time. You can even pull it off for several years, but like, Man, what a shame it would be to be wringing yourself out like that and meanwhile sidelining your children. And yeah. so that's what we're wrestling through and not wrestling through, but really just identifying and discovering for ourselves with Evie being two, mm-hmm. Judah being six months. What are sustainable rhythms that we can align ourselves in that produce that abiding, right? Right. That abiding um, in just not even like now we're just going to be singing Kumbaya every single day before we go and and start our day no it's not that as much as it is just like we're part of something bigger right how do i participate in that what's your role for me in this lord and then you know how can i model this for my family so that we find ourselves in sustainable ways to continue aligning ourselves in that taking breaks every week acknowledging that we're you know that the work that we've done is not our own and then taking you know just just building these rhythms in that allow us to be able to do this sustainably over a long time. Yeah. That directionally align us at a place where we can say, no, we're not trying to build a name for ourselves. We are, we are very aware that we are, we've been given these things. We've been given our children Mm -hmm. as a gift to steward them for the time that we have them for. And we're going to try our best at, you know, making much of those moments right. and those times. And I think the the 
the question that I'm asking when there's pushback to that of like, why wouldn't you get involved in this particular area I'm asking you to get involved in, in ministry? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, but you're now creating a line in the sand that says that's ministry and me discipling my children or, you know, other avenues of just my rhythms of life where I'm meeting with other moms or inviting people into our home or having people at our dinner table. Like those things are not the same like level of ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is starting to, like the thing that kind of comes to the back of my mind when I'm like asked that, or when I say no to a ministry opportunity is, am I afraid to say no to this because I feel like somehow God's work isn't going to be accomplished without me stepping into this role? Like, do I really think that I'm (laughs) like, it's, it's it's that critical that I, and, and that's not an excuse for me to step away and isolate and not to be involved. Right. It's not an excuse. Yeah. There's a fine line between saying, having that attitude of, um, resistance versus now I'm going over into like a, um, a savior complex where I feel like it's just, it's not going to get done if it's not me or it's not going to happen if it's not me. Or if I say no to this, everything's going to fall apart and the whole ministry is just going to collapse without me. If I don't step into this, it's like, so like that's your, and that's, that's, that's back to the person that's hearing that where you're putting yourself on that throne. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it rises and falls in my hands. Right. And that's like. And I think I just I think God's work and His ability to carry it out is right. So like on the so one side, better, there's, you know, there on the one side you're you're validating that request by using God's name. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the Lord's work. On the other side, it's like you're being disobedient to God's calling because you're not stepping into that. And what's ironic about this love is that a lot of times. You know, so you're you're like meeting with your mom friends. You're hanging out with you know our kids, doing you know just regular rhythms. Yeah, a lot of times, ordinary things, right? And then a lot of times you step up into this ministry role, and the way they want you to execute on things that are not like outside of these regular things. You know what I want you to do? Engage with your mom friends. Talk to. It's like the very same things, but now let's slap a church name sticker on it, right? So that we can take the credit, right? Right. And so it's just like, man, you're not, you're asking me to do the same exact thing is that I think we are supposed to already be doing. Right. And just boom. Now we got our church name on it. Right. Yeah. First Baptist, any town, USA. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. Well, a lot to unpack there. It is a lot. And this is just like, this is the very like beginning. Scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a lot more for us to define like what does, and for us to like seek personally on like, what does that mean for the Tares? But that's really like, I feel very passionately about specifically this, that, you know, for folks that are at a crossroads where, they're trying to do well for themselves and for their families. And it's like tough to see themselves apply that in the church context. 
right? Like in like, what is, I want to do this well as a dad, right? Like that's, I think most people or most dads would probably say, yeah, I want to do this well as a dad. And meanwhile, I also don't want to like run my family into the ground because of all the things that I'm committing them to church or otherwise. And really like balancing that and, and meanwhile still maintaining this like sustainable rhythm yeah. and unpacking and exploring and finding out what that is. Like that's what I want to really be able to do is through these steps that we're taking, knowing like what is like that fulfilled life in terms of um, being able to look back and saying, you know, I did right by my kids. I did right by my like faith journey. I did right by my community. And these are the steps that I took to be able to do that. And like, that's just where we're at right now. We're exploring that. Yeah. And we're trying to like, you know, find ways that we can do that as a family because man, uh, that's kind of, again, that's like just, <laughs> I've, I've seen it done, not what, not done well. Um, and I don't want to just kind of repeat that. Right. And like, if, if you find yourself in a place where you're like, man, you're kind of the first in your generation. Yeah. You know, to just like have the space to be able to wrestle through that. Like that's, that's the kind of things that I want us to wrestle through is just like, how do we do this well? Right. With our one shot that we got, you know, Eminem one shot, um, miss your chance to blow this opportunity c- comes once in a lifetime. Like he's right. It's a once in a lifetime <laughs> <Yeah>. opportunity. <laughs> So, yeah, so really like th- that's what's driving all of this for me. Is that not like, oh, let's poo poo on everything that the church is doing. No, it's just like, how can I do this in a way <laughs> that honors? Right. Yeah. But also doesn't just absolutely destroy. Like just like it, it just breaks down what we are trying to do as a family. That and also like it's it, for me, it's that added piece now of where am I trying to make a name for myself? Because it's crazy that I'm active. So I'm like actively currently praying for God to give us opportunities for ministry. Right. And then like the most random ordinary thing will pop up. Like somebody asked me to go for a walk or somebody wants to come over to house while I'm like with the kids. And I'm thinking like, no, right. like I don't want to do that. You know, not that I don't want to do that, but like I'm thinking I've had a crazy day with the kids and that's like, like I'm tired or like I, yeah. I'm going to be a terrible person to be around. Like, I don't know if I can carry a conversation right now. Like, yeah. and and those are the moments where I feel like God is saying no, but like I can use you yeah. in that moment. But I'm like, look, I find myself being like, but that's not like the, the big, that's right. not like the, the glamorous right. like opportunity I was looking for God, I'm, you I'm know, like, Ritz talking come on. I thought, yeah. Like I thought I was going to be, you know, doing something. Uh huh. And I've, I'm finding more and more God giving me these opportunities and me being, but then I'm like still praying, God, like give me these opportunities, right. give me these opportunities. And I feel I like, you know, I think something that our pastor specifically said one time, that's just like, man, been hammered into my head is like, you know, sometimes we shake our fist at God and we say, God, why aren't you blessing what I'm doing? And mm-hmm. God's like, yo, well, like, why aren't you doing what I'm blessing? Mm-hmm. It's like, this ain't about you, you know? Right. It's this it goes back to like, this isn't your work. It's mine. And I've invited you into it. And like, it's not always going to look glamorous, you know, 
And yeah. I'm I'm not even sure if the glamorous man-made things, I'm going to say kind of a spicy thing. I'm not even sure that the man-made glamorous aspects that make up our church today are not seeking to like make a name for ourselves, you know? Like for me to be a part those are the things I like look at and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, well, yeah. yeah, you want to be part of the worship team or yeah, I want to be right. part of like, the, like this many, front facing thing. How many worship team members can, how many people at the church can be on stage and be part of the worship team? Right. Like, it's just like, it just doesn't work. Right. But what I'm saying is, I and I can say this because I, I have been yeah. in that role. I'm speaking like for myself. I'm not speaking about it. I'm not targeting anyone else. I'm just saying like, how right. many times have I been in that role? That's super glamorous. You know, we got the lights, the camera, the action, the fog, the whatever, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. a moment and I'm singing this like, good lick yeah. and I'm just like, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just like in the moment, adding all this like stuff. And it's like in that moment, am I really seeking to elevate the name of Christ or am I trying to make a name for myself? Am I trying to like put myself out there and be like, look at me, look at what I can do. Right. Join me in God's work quote unquote, God's work, you know? And again, I'm not trying to hate on, you know, people who are on a worship team. I'm just saying like, yeah, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. And so, yeah, actually, I don't know what I'm trying to say with all that, but I'm just saying that's something I've had to wrestle with because I've specifically been in that role. And sometimes it's like, are they clapping for me? They're clapping for God. Mm, I don't really know the difference anymore. Yeah, as, you long know? As, as long as, as long they're as clapping, it's not quiet. and if they're not, we'll tell them to clap, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. Well, yeah, all good stuff. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.